I want to welcome you to our online time of worship here at Wildwood Christian Church. I'm so thankful for you being present with us today. Last Sunday was our first online worship. One of the men texted me and he said, that's the first time I've ever been to church in my pajamas. So whether you got your pajamas on or you got your tux on and your formal dress, I'm so thankful that you're here to worship with us today. If this is your first time to ever worship with us, we're, we're glad that you've joined us today and pray that you've been encouraged. Really want to invite all of you to let us know that you're a part of this time of worship and the message. Um, text us. The, there's a chat. You can just say, hey, I'm here. You can send us a prayer request. Cl click that icon down there. But you, we're glad that you're a part of this service and this opportunity to honor God. I want to take a moment and uh, update you in regard to my knee. Don't worry, I won't show you my scar. March the 3rd, I had um, total knee replacement in my right knee, and I'm doing better slowly but surely. I was actually practicing social distancing before most of you were, not necessarily because of the COVID virus, but because of my knee. But I've had uh, three outpatient physical therapies, and I'm doing good, and so I appreciate so very much your prayer, but I'm thankful here to be back preaching to you this opportunity for us to connect together in a unique way. And without a doubt, we all know this is one of the most unique times that we've ever faced, probably all of us in our lifetime, whether it's as a city, a nation, I mean, the world, um, the impact of the COVID virus is just, it's, it's hard for us to understand. And in one sense, it's like it's brought all of life to a standstill. But for some of us, it's made life even crazier than it was before. So I want to ask you, how are you faring in this stay-at-home order? I mean, this season of life, it's put some significant stress on so many aspects of who we are and what we're doing. I mean, home life with everybody home, that's a little bit stressful. The physical separation from friends... We've got some people who've lost their income because their businesses have closed down. There's the heartbreak of losing somebody you love, not being able to attend your sister's funeral or your mother's funeral. I mean, even the way we're meeting together as a church, though I'm thankful for this, I mean, it's, it's changed. So again, how are you doing? What, what are you doing with the stress that has come about in your life? In my return from a medically induced layoff, I want to talk to you about that stress and where you look when life gets difficult. We've been spending this year putting our eyes on Jesus Christ, focusing every day on him. We're looking up. We have our eyes up on Jesus Christ, and it's because we need him at every moment of our life. And the reason we have to be intentional about that is because life is distracting this season. It's crazy distracting from us really being able to look at Jesus Christ. There's a lot of changes that have occurred for us in this stressful time. And so it is in times of crisis, especially in times of crisis, that our eyes have to be up on God. And because where we look makes all the difference in regard to how we handle the difficulties. And so today we're going to look at Psalm 121. So I want to invite you to take your Bible or your tablet out. We've been using the Version app. You can still search for the events on Wildwood Christian Church. There's a couple of tabs here on the screen. There's a Bible tab. There's a notes tab that you can find. 
But turn to Psalm 121. Let me tell you a little bit about it. It's, it's one of what's called the Psalms of Ascent. Apparently, as the Hebrews would travel to Jerusalem and from Jerusalem to celebrate the festivals, someone had written some of these psalms that they would sing together or maybe they would chant together or they would pray these or recite these together as they would come to Jerusalem or they would leave Jerusalem. Apparently, the Jews were not under a stay-at-home order, so they could travel to the festival. In fact, they were required by the Jewish law to sell, go to Jerusalem to celebrate, so they would celebrate Passover or the booths or trumpets. If you remember, when Jesus was 12 years of age, um, he and his family traveled to Jerusalem. That was when his parents were going home and they couldn't find Jesus and they had to go back. It was because they were in Jerusalem celebrating one of the festivals, so it's very likely that Jesus and his family would have recited Psalm 121 as they were going or as they were coming. And if you want to learn more about the significance of the Psalms of Ascent, let me invite you to pick up a book by Eugene Peterson entitled, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Um, many of the ideas that I'm going to talk about today were influenced by my reading of that particular resource. But here's the Here's the gist of Psalm 120, 121, and 122. There's more Psalms of Ascent, but those are the first three. Psalm 120 is really a psalm of repentance. It is the idea of a person, it's the choice of a person who said, I'm tired of the deceit and the lies of the world. I'm repenting and I'm turning to God. Then Psalm 122, the one that right after this, is a psalm of worship. It's what every believer does, whether they're gathered or all by themselves. What do we do? We lift our arms and we worship Almighty God. And Psalm 121, which is in the middle of those, is a psalm of trust. It's a psalm that demonstrates how faith resists the easy answers when we're faced with the troubles and the difficulties of life, and we determinedly put our trust in God, that He's going to work out His will He's going to guard us from every evil, no matter what. What we learn from this psalm is where we need to look to. When troubles come our way, we look to God. And I don't know about you, <laughs> I desperately need this teaching. So we had an online staff meeting on Thursday with our staff. We're all over the place, and we were sharing about how we were doing in the midst of this. And I remember sharing with them, saying, you know, I've had a couple of moments of just feeling overwhelmed by all of this, where I just, I don't know, I just felt like it was just so overwhelming to me. I, I've had moments of some significant anxiety and concern. You know what? There's nothing wrong with feeling anxiety and concern. In fact, we get ourselves into trouble when we try to pretend, oh, everything's great, I'm doing just perfect. One of the most important things you can do in this season is to honestly share with someone you love and trust how you feel. And by the way, if you're on the receiving end of someone sharing with you that they're feeling some anxiety, please don't quote them a Bible verse. All things work together for good. Be honest with them and say, you know what, I get it. Because there are times where I feel overwhelmed and anxious as well. You know what, most people just really need a safe place to just say, this is how I feel. And when we get to the end of this message in this psalm, 
you're going to find some very significant things that we can do and steps that we can take when it comes to the struggles that we face in our life. But I need you to understand it is natural for us to struggle. And this psalm gives us some real hope in the midst of that struggle. So let me read it together. In fact, why don't you read it out loud where you're at? I'll read it out loud here. I'm reading from the New International Version. Maybe you have a different translation. That's okay. Let's all join together and read this psalm out loud. Imagine you're traveling to or from Jerusalem. Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Let me pray for us. Lord, how we need to understand the truth of this psalm. Lord, we need to take it into our lives. And so even in this online format, Lord, we know your spirit is working into the hearts and lives of everyone who's listening. Lord, speak and move in our lives today. In your name we pray, amen. So the psalm begins with this question, where does my help come from? We don't know, there's no specifics about the kind of trouble that this particular person was in as they were either coming to or going from Jerusalem, but something happened to trigger this question, where does my help come from? There's no doubt that when you travel, problems can come up. So what's the worst problem that you've ever faced when you've traveled, whether for pleasure or for business? I mean, our families traveled all over the world, we've run out of gas, We've had a flat tire. We've gotten lost. Um, We had one time when one of our tires just flew off the front of our car. So take a moment in your home and share what's one of the worst things that's ever happened to you when you guys have traveled all over the place. And if you're by yourself, type it into that chat box. I had this happen to me. Take a moment and do that right now. Personally, I'm not a big fan of problems. In fact, the problem, the the psalmist refers to three different kinds of harm that may come our way when we're traveling by foot there. A person traveling by foot can trip over a rock, right? Can slip under your foot. You can slip and sprain an ankle or something worse. A person traveling um, by foot can have prolonged exposure to the sun. I mean, that was a very arid desert environment and Um, You can grow faint and even um, have sunstroke. And a person traveling on foot for an extended time can become exhausted. Um, The pressures of fatigue and anxiety, they can become emotionally ill, which was described by ancient writers as moonstroke. We call it being loony. So if you were to add to that list of harm that can come to us as we travel this life, what might you add to that? Here's some things that I wrote down. Um, A loss of a job, an illness, not just the COVID virus, but something else. Um, Wanting to sell your kids, anyone? Or kids, wanting to trade your parents for other parents? How about running out of toilet paper? 
I love this picture. Somebody put this note on the cheese in regard to the toilet paper shortage. What about not being able to visit your family? What about if you can't go to your mom's funeral, your sister's funeral? I mean, this season with this virus has radically brought harm to us from so many different directions. Now, we can and we do take precautions in these things. We learn safety first, we buckle our seatbelts, we take out insurance policies, we practice social distancing, and those are wise choices to make. And I hope that you're doing your part as a, really not for your rights, but it's about our witness for Jesus Christ. But you know, we can't guarantee safety, right? We can't eliminate all the risks. I mean, that's why the core central question to this psalm that we have to wrestle with is, so in the face of that, where does my help come from? So the psalm talks about a person, really, who's setting out on this journey of faith. They get into some trouble, and they look around, and they are like, where can my help come from? Look at verse 1 again. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Does my help Strength come from the mountains. Now, if, if you could imagine yourself in Idaho or places in California or Colorado, I mean, you see the mountains and it's like, man, that is amazing. And when we see those mountains, what, what do we see? Well, we see splendorous mountains, right? We're impressed by their size. It's kind of like strength and stability. And as we look to the mountains, we might get this sense that that gives us some confidence because they're so magnificent. Or, I mean, the inspiration that comes from looking at a mountain, the sunset as it comes down behind a peak of a mountain, it's beautiful. It just inspires us. That's what we might see. But for a Hebrew, they're going to see something totally different when they look to the mountains. When they're traveling to and from Jerusalem, right, as they're going to these festivals, they would see something entirely different. Listen to what Eugene Peterson says. During the time this psalm was written and sung, Palestine was overrun with popular pagan worship. Much of this worship was practiced on, you guessed it, hillsides and mountains. I mean, shrines would be set up upon a hillside or a mountain. There would be these groves of trees, and you would go, and you would practice your worship to these foreign gods, and you would pay your fee, and you would get an amulet that would protect you from some kind of problem, maybe a candle or a statue to ward off evil spirits and to protect you. So to a Hebrew, if you look to the mountains and you say, where does my help come from, then you're thinking, well, my help comes from the false god Baal or the Asherah, or the sun priest, or the moon priestess. It was really a way of getting instant help when trouble came their way 2,500 years ago. And it just filled the hills and the mountains around Jerusalem. And that instant promise is something that's found today. We look for it even today. Our own Tony Messenger in the Post-Dispatch reported on the story about Jim Baker, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker many, many years ago. They built people out of money way back then. He ended up going to prison while well, he's at it again. Attorney General Smith of Missouri filed a lawsuit against Baker for selling products that claim could be used to battle the COVID-19 virus. And here's what Tony writes. He said, sadly, 
Baker won't be the last bad actor seeking to make a quick buck to take advantage of this pandemic. It seems every time there's some sort of natural disaster in the U.S., from floods to tornadoes to pandemics, the worst comes out in human nature as some try to take advantage of their fellow man and woman. And this is atrocious because it's done in the name of Jesus Christ. Shame on him. The problem is, though, we're all looking for a quick fix. And so the psalmist asks, does my help come from the mountain? And the answer is no. Look at verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. You know what the psalmist is saying? My help doesn't come from that which is created. It comes from the creator of all. And he mentions in this psalm, the creator is always awake. He doesn't ever take a cat nap. Which apparently was one of the problems with the false god Baal. A part of the worship of Baal is you had to wake the guy up first because he really liked to sleep. You had to wake him up to get his attention. The creator, Lord, is above all time. He's watching over you at the time you leave to go on a trip. And he's still watching over you when you come home from that trip. And the Creator is Lord over all that which is made around us. The supernatural forces, the sun and the moon. I mean, even the rocks. He made them. They're at His beck and call. And what He's saying is they cannot inflict harm or evil on us. Why is that? Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. See, the reason God is our help is because he will keep you from all harm. That word is actually evil. It describes that which is malicious and seeking after us because we follow God. It's such an important word in this psalm. And the promise of this psalm, and Hebrews knew this, Christians have always read it this way, it's not that we're never going to stub our toe. But that no injury, no illness, no accident, no distress will have evil power over us. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. I want to take a moment and address this issue of harm and evil. I think for a lot of people, one of the big surprises when they first become a follower of Jesus is that they have a lot of problems that still happen in their life. Now, there are some churches, some Christians, who will tell you that the Bible promises that the moment you become a Christian, you're never going to have any problems. You're never going to have any questions because everything's going to be answered. You're never going to have troubles because they're going to be over. They will tell you that nothing can happen that's going to mess with your peace of mind. You're never going to have doubts. You're never going to have anxiety in your life. That you are among the privileged few who will never have any kind of illness as a result of some kind of crazy virus. No accidents, no problems at all. And then they'll tell you, if any of those things 
happen to you, it's because God's gotten frustrated with you because you're flimsy in your faith. That God's gotten bored with you because you're, you're not really following him the right way. Something's wrong with your faith is why those things are happening to you. So I want to clear something up here, all right? That those who teach those kind of things, that that kind of teaching is absolutely, unequivocally, completely, totally wrong. It is wrong. Turn to the person next to you and say, that is wrong. In fact, no literature is more realistic about the trials and struggles we have because of our faith than the Bible. At no time does Scripture ever say that as Christians we are exempt from problems that come in this life. In fact, it goes out of its way to say, you follower Jesus, you're going to have some trials. You're going to have some fiery difficulties in this life. What it does promise us, though, is that in those difficulties, no evil, nothing malicious can ever harm you in your relationship with God. What does Jesus teach us in the Lord's Prayer? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I think that prayer is answered multiple times every day in the life of a Christian. In fact, Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is in the message. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed beyond what you can, your limit. He will always be there to help you come through it. And what we learn from Psalm 121 is that God is our guardian. That God, I mean, like eight different times he talks about him watching over us or he's guarding us or he's shielding us in this particular psalm. It's saying that God himself is doing that. He's not like up, you know, ordering other people to do it, but that God is always with us. The psalmist clearly wants us to know that nothing can happen to you. None of the troubles that you encounter ever have the power to get between you and God. They can never dilute the grace that God has for you and has brought into your life. It can never divert his will from you. I think the only serious mistake that we make when illness hits or tragedy strikes us or trouble comes our way is that we think, you know, God's gotten bored with me. There's some other exciting Christian who's really living the way God wants him to live or that, you know what, I'm having that problem because God's got tired of my meandering disobedience, so he's, he's decided to put his focus elsewhere. You know, God doesn't just love and care for us. When we are able to gather in the building as a church and worship him and just feel his mighty presence, God also loves you. When life is mundane, when you're out taking a walk, when we're socially distancing from other people, please don't just see that God loves you when you're good. See that God loves you always. I think more than anything that this psalm wants to teach us, that God is with us, watching over us, loving us, no matter what we're doing in our life. I love it. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. 
So how does that kind of understanding and knowledge, how does that impact us as we face this trial that we're in right now, this struggle and difficulty? Let me give you a couple of practical suggestions that we can put into practice as Christians. The first one is, please stop watching the news all the time. I mean, I did it those first couple of days trying to figure out what was going on as it started getting it. It's like I think but the best things, suggestions was giving me schedule a news time where you take 15 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever you need, and say, that's my news time, and then the rest turn to things that are, that are going to really help make an impact, like reading every day one of the Psalms of Ascent, starting in Psalm 120, going to Psalm 134. I mean, it's such a great thing for us to do. Focus on God, right? We're looking up to God rather than spending all our time struggling in the difficulty. Another great thing to do. We need to be as the church reaching out and being the church, serving our neighborhoods, serving our community. And I've heard so many great stories about people of this church and how they've reached out to neighbors and how they've, you know, given through Lucas and Love the Lou. We need to be looking for opportunities to live out our faith, you know, in the midst of what's going on here. I think we need to be taking care of ourselves physically and emotionally. Be healthy. Get some exercise. Eat healthy. I think we need to be following the guidelines that we've been asked to follow here. Again, I think it's a part of our Christian witness. I think if a Christian is choosing not to follow those practices, they're more interested in protecting their own rights than they are living their faith in Jesus Christ. But what we're talking about here is we're looking up to God for help. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Father, I thank you for this time that we get to share together and looking at your word. Your word is powerful. It's not my words that matter. Lord, it's what your word teaches us. Speak into the hearts and lives of every person listening. Through the power of your spirit, Lord, Help us take the anxious thoughts that we have and be honest with them, but that we turn to you with those and recognize, let's not look for the quick fix, but let's look to you, Father. And I pray for your power to work through Wildwood Christian Church at this moment in these lives as we've gathered together, Lord. In your most precious name I pray, amen.